Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today we're talking about episode 7 in season 1 of Stargirl, entitled Shiv Part 1. So this is a two-part episode, and they most definitely left it on a cliffhanger. So, the thing is, this is really an excellent episode. Probably one of the best of the seasons so far. So given that, uh, I'm going to have to throw up there, spoiler alert. I'm really going to be spoiling the heck out of this episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, it will be spoiled. So, this episode opens up, and really what I like about it is, is we see kind of like, it's kind of like the dawn of a new day, and uh, it starts off with the Bachman-Turner Overdrive classic, taking care of business, and this one of the one things, I just want to add a little side note, I really do kind of like the soundtrack to this show, it definitely has a nice feel of everything from the 50s all the way up into the 70s, and it just really kind of gives it a really feel-good I guess wholesome feel, but more of a feel-good feel to it than than really wholesome. And like 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 I said, it's it's the start of a new episode. It's the start of a new day. And really, what we get to see is that the the members of the new JSA are really they're really sort of adapting to their roles, or they're really sorting really to it. Really, I guess really accept their roles. I mean, as always, you know, Courtney. You know, we see her. It starts with her, and she kind of unboxes the cosmic staff she's very very happy peppy i mean but we know this this is just how courtney is to kind of see the other members though and and kind of see how they how their day starts and really just how really their outlook on life and everything has really changed it's great i think the best the best one though had to be beth uh you know beth of course who's the new dr midnight you know we've seen her really kind of be very very socially awkward loves to talk loves to ask a million questions loves to really kind of be a know-it-all best friends with her parents because that's really all she could be best friends with and here's the thing that's very very funny is ever since uh you know she got dr midnight's goggles with the original dr midnight you know voicing the ai in there who she calls chuck chuck has now become her best friend and it's really like even though her personality really hasn't changed at all, it's like she's branching out because what's funny is, is, you know, like I said, we kind of see how the members of the JSA are waking up here. And what we get is Beth is, uh, she's doing a little kind of like carpool sing along here with, uh, Chuck, the AI, uh, they're singing, taking care of business and her parents kind of come in are sort of like, like they're confused. They're like, what's going on? Who's she talking to? Who's she singing to? And then it's really, really funny because we saw because we saw episodes ago that, um, you know, like I said, she pretty much views her parents as her best friends. Uh, she makes them apparently she makes them breakfast, lunch and dinner. And while she's eating lunch at school, she kind of FaceTimes the two of them so they can have a nice family lunch. And clearly you could see that they're like, this isn't good. Like this girl needs friends. It was really, really funny to see that, you know, Beth is bonding with Chuck and she's really starting to get a, her own life here away from her parents. And her dad is like, yeah, we didn't see the lunches you made for us. And she's just like, yeah, didn't have time. Sorry about that. Um, you know, Yolanda, too, who is the new Wildcat. Uh, it's great to see her. She's really accepting her role because this is like pretty much like, you know, she she learned about the original Wildcat 
who pretty much used the Wildcat persona to really reinvent himself and really kind of start a new life. Um, you know, Yolanda is doing the same thing, so she is just thrilled. We even see Rick, the new hour man. He appears to be calmer. Um, you know, he goes to the site where uh, his parents were killed. He, he now learns that this was no mere car accident. And he kind of makes a little mini memorial there, kind of, you know, I guess making peace with it and really kind of also making a promise that he will avenge them. Um, the other thing that we kind of get here is we start to see a little bit of turmoil in the uh, Whitmore Dugan household here. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, as you know, had gotten in trouble an episode or two ago and Pat was like, guess what? You're getting a job. He makes him become a paper boy. So Mike coming home after delivering his papers and he sees Pat and Courtney kind of talking about training. And of course, they're talking superhero training, but they can't tell this to Mike. And they come up with a really, really lame excuse with one saying homework and the other saying driver's ed. And I guess, you know, Pat kind of saying, well, you know, it's like homework for driver's ed. There you go. Um, yeah, it definitely looks like Mike is not really doing too good with the fact that his dad is spending pretty much all of his time with Courtney. Uh, a little bit more on that later. Uh, Barbara comes in and, you know, she's sort of like, she's thrilled. She's, she's great. You know, everybody's bonding. This looks really, really good. But when she hears that Pat is going to be teaching Courtney how to quote unquote drive, she gets a little upset. And I kind of found that a little odd. And, and the thing is, is we see this in other episodes. I mean... On the one hand, you know, Barbara is sort of like, you know, kind of not really pushing Pat, but she's really applauding the fact that Pat is really, really trying to bond with Courtney, even going so far as to talk to Courtney and sort of say, like, give Pat a chance. He's really not that bad of a guy, you know. Now they kind of seem to be, not, I don't want to say thick as thieves, but, you know, they're definitely bonding. They're definitely getting along, and it's almost sort of like now she's getting jealous, so... Definitely some tensions are really kind of on the rise there. Um, what we're also getting here, too, in a way, is kind of like a little bit of like, you know, the JSA kids are kind of waking up here and starting their day. We're getting the ISA kids kind of waking up and starting their day. Uh, Henry Jr., as always, is at the hospital with his dad. He's clearly, I don't think he realizes yet. And there's something that happens a little bit later on, uh, you know, in the episode where it kind of really does start to dawn on him that maybe he does have some kind of powers. Now, here's the thing. He never knew who his dad really was. He never knew that Henry Sr. was, in fact, brainwave. So, you know... He really has no idea what's happening to him here. Uh, Cindy Berman, who is his girlfriend, who we also know is, is the daughter of Dragon King, comes in. And, you know, she's had enough of this. She's all like, come on, you know, you got to take me to homecoming. That's kind of the big thing in this episode is that homecoming. It's homecoming. Now, you know, I don't know if you're like me. I mean, I grew, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs, but, you know... We had a homecoming game. I don't even know if we even had a homecoming dance. If we did, I mean, it really wasn't kind of put out there like we see here. You know, Blue Valley is in Nebraska. Uh, you know, it's kind of a very small, quaint town. So homecoming is a really, really big deal. And Cindy's sort of like, look, you're spending all your time here with your dad. You know, remember me, remember fun. She's really just had about enough of it. And, you know, this is really where we kind of see, like, Cindy going on the warpath. Uh, 
um, because Henry Jr. pretty much tells her, you know, look, no, uh, you know, I'm not going to be going to homecoming with you. You know, uh, I'm going to be here with my dad. You know, stay with me if you want. If, if not, you know, well, nice knowing you. I mean, this even carries over once they get to school when uh, one of Cindy's friends kind of comes up to her and she's so thrilled. You know, we're going to the dance. I'm going to the dance with so-and-so. We could double date. And Cindy, of course, is just being the queen bee that she is. And is like, dances are lame. They're stupid. You're really stupid. And, you know, her little circle of friends, probably people who are just very intimidated into liking her, really starts to shrink here because they've just had about enough of her. So Cindy isn't having it. She confronts Henry again. And Henry's like, you want to go to the dance? Have somebody else take you. And this is really where we realize that, yeah, look, she is not the nicest person out there. I mean, we know what she did to Yolanda way back when to kind of get Henry Jr. away from her and, you know, getting him to start to date Cindy. Uh, you know, we see the way she treats, you know, Courtney and her friends and everything and just really the way she is in general, you know. But right here we see that she is actually kind of vulnerable when she kind of has that admission that, yeah, you know, if Henry's not taking her to the dance... Nobody's taking her to the dance because nobody could really put up with her at all. Um, she does run into the new JSA or, you know, she runs into Courtney and her friends, let's just say. And, you know, of course, she's just very mean to them, as she always is. And Beth actually makes an observation and says, you know, it's really weird. You know, I've known Cindy ever since kindergarten, first grade, whatever it is. And she was actually the nicest, sweetest girl. I think it was, um, I believe she said it was like fourth grade is when uh, Cindy's mom died. And she goes, and that was kind of it. That's when there was this sudden change in personality and you know, this is who she is now. And it kind of, you know, like that's kind of the defining moment was the death of her mother and the fact that her dad apparently remarried two or three times. A little more on that later because it's pretty, pretty interesting what happens there. Now, one of the things is, is we kind of see a character or we see somebody who's kind of floating around the school and it's a little odd. It's the janitor. I believe his name is like Jimmy or Justin the janitor. And, you know, he's always kind of like, he always kind of shows up when something weird happens or, you know, he always kind of, he's always there and he always kind of makes very weird and kind of cryptic remarks. It seems like he kind of has a bit of an accent, Norwegian or Scandinavian or something. Um, you know, he has, he has a really nice, massive Viking beard. It is kind of nice, but you know, it's like, what's the deal with this guy? We learn a little bit more because he kind of has a run in with Cindy. Cindy calls him a loser, whatever, uh, knocks his broom over or his mop or whatever it is. And Courtney, of course, being Courtney comes over and, you know, helps him out. And he kind of, again, says like a weird little passage or a weird little phrase to her or something. And, um, you know, Courtney's just like, sure, whatever, have a nice day. And we see him uh, a little bit after this kind of go back to the janitor's closet, which apparently he also lives there too. And we start to notice some very interesting items. Uh, one of the things I kind of noticed and looking online, I don't know if anybody else had ever really noticed this too, almost like a grail, like a holy grail kind of a thing, but definitely like a chalice. We see a, a suit of like chain mail uh, and we see, you know, like an Arthurian, you know, King Arthur type sword there. And it kind of led me to speculate as to who this guy is. I'm going to save it for the end because the janitor does make an appearance towards the end of this episode. So I'm going to kind of my little suspicions on who he is. I will save that towards the end. So here's what we get here is um, chemistry class. 
Cindy and Courtney are in the same chemistry class. They are doing an experiment. And since Courtney knows nobody, nobody wants to be her lab partner. And since Cindy really has pissed everybody off, nobody wants to be her lab partner. So Courtney puts on her sunniest smile and, you know, we know her disposition. We know her personality. She kind of swoops right in there and it really presses the point like, like it or not, we're lab partners. And what we kind of get here is we find out they actually do kind of bond. Uh, you know, Cindy lost her mom early on. Uh, you know, Courtney lost her dad early on. They do kind of bond over that. You know, it turns out that Cindy is actually like, you know, a chemistry whiz. Um, the experiment they're doing, which is making a cloud, uh, she's like, you know, this is... <laughs> forget what she said she calls it like childlike science or something like that she goes i literally did this experiment when i was a child sort of explaining that her dad is a well-known chemist and scientist biologist physicist whatever and she kind of does kind of make a joke that you know he left his his uh, cabinet of chemicals open but then she admits that you know no like her and her dad used to do science experiments all the time so they kind of bond over that you know courtney's sort of saying i never knew who my dad was but from what I hear from everybody, he was really a great guy, but you know, my stepdad, Pat is really cool. He's a mechanic. He kind of teaches me things. So they do have a little bit of a bonding there. So much so that at the end of class, Cindy sort of asks her like, you know, oh, I bet you're going homecoming. Courtney's like, no, or, yeah, I'm really not. And she's like, well, why don't we spend it together? You know, just come on over to the house and we'll hang out. So it's like, Cindy Berman has a heart underneath that icy exterior. But then we go back to the Berman household here. And if you remember, one of the things uh, that Beth had said about Courtney was, you know, yes, when she was young, her mother passed away and then her dad remarried a few times. So she comes home and her stepmom is there. Typical 1950s housewife. She's got the pink sweater on. She's got the pearls on, hair all done up. House looks pristine, plate of cookies, this and that. And it's clear that Cindy, like, rules the roost here because she just starts to intimidate this woman. But yeah, the woman has very, very strange behavior. And some of the things that Cindy says to her are very unusual, like, uh, my father will punish you. He will replace you. So it's like, is she a robot? <laughs> is, you know, we know uh, Dragon King is is a scientist. He's, he's an evil scientist. He has gone so far as to say in earlier episodes that he has experimented on his child, who is, in fact, Cindy. And, you know, so this is definitely, this is not a woman that he married, that he met in Blue Valley. This is definitely something that uh, he he created. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's really, you know, we see Cindy being Cindy, you know, just really being a bee. And, uh, you know, giving grief to Henry, giving grief to all her friends, really pushing everybody away, realizing that she's alone, actually reaches out to Courtney. The two of them actually kind of bond and realize they actually do have a lot. Um, they do have a lot in common. And, you know, once she gets home, she's very, very angry. Uh, you know, she clearly does not like her stepmother. And again, I, her stepmother is not real. It's, it's a robot. It's, it's something that her dad made in his lab, clearly. And she goes looking for her dad. And it sort of seems like, and I'm going to kind of assume this is with every member of the ISA, because we pretty much know now, especially with Icicle coming back to town, that every single member of the ISA, you know, resides in Blue Valley. And it almost seems like that their underground layer is kind of connected to each and every one of their houses because she accesses it. She goes down there. 
Uh, she kind of overhears a meeting of the ISA, uh, the fact that, you know, they got to figure out who's this star girl. And, you know, one of the things, and I think it's Sportmaster and Tigress, I believe, that bring this up is they're like, let's get our kids involved. You know, we, we know it's a high school kid. And here's the thing that's kind of funny. Courtney's got a distinct look to her. You know, she's got this big mane of like curly blonde hair. I can't imagine. And given the fact that Blue Valley doesn't look like a vast, vast town, it's like this quaint small town. I mean, yes, she's wearing a mask. Yes, she's wearing a costume. But I mean, it's kind of easy i would think look through the yearbook who's got a big you know head of like curly blonde hair you know i, I think we could narrow it down a bit but um yeah it's kind of floated out there that you know hey let's get our kids involved you know let's you know but uh it was sort of like i don't know it's it's a rule that none of the kids know who their parents really are but quite clearly cindy does know you know who her dad is what he's involved with because he he finds her they confront each other and she pretty much says i want in in the isa i could help you you know and we get a little bit more of a backstory here so apparently because uh cindy lashes out here and she has you know these blades kind of appear out of her sleeves which is basically something that is known as a shiv. Ooh, we got a little bit of foreshadowing here. So, like I said, Cindy knows who her dad is. She knows who he works for. But, you know, once she kind of lashes out here and kills one of his flunkies, who, again, it's kind of alluded to the fact that pretty much like Cindy's stepmom is something that uh, Dragon King created in the lab. He kind of, you know, is saying like... He kind of alludes to the fact that she has powers or, you know, through him and his science, she has gained powers. And apparently when she was young, it was these powers that led to the death of her mother. I mean, we don't get a clear story here, but, um, you know, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a, a, a sore subject. It's definitely a tender subject there because it does kind of like put the kibosh on her little tantrum there. And we find out that, you know, we find out that not only does um, Cindy know who her dad is and who the ISA are, he's apparently recruiting her to spy on other members, their kids, really. Um, that's why she's dating Henry Jr. So that's why she, you know got the picture of Yolanda and sent it out everywhere and pretty much ruined Yolanda's life to get Henry Jr. away from Yolanda so she could start dating him and keep an eye on him because again one of the big things is is does he have his dad's powers because Brainwave's powers definitely have something to do with this whole American dream thing this device that Dragon King is building and the thought is kind of if Brainwave doesn't wake up but Brainwave Jr. has the powers, then we can kind of get the ball rolling here. But I really do find it interesting that, you know, out of all the uh, ISA kids, you know, it's it's Cindy who knows what's going on, but the ISA doesn't know this. So it's like, is Dragon King playing both sides? Is he's really, is he just out for himself? Is this kind of like an out for him? You know, there, there's definitely something going on here uh, more than meets the eye, as they say. So as all this is going on, we see the new JSA is getting ready for the first day of training at the pit stop, which is Pat's garage. And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting here because Courtney is kind of like, look, Pat's a good guy. He's going to teach us, you know, and they're kind of like, what are we doing at this manky old garage? It's not a manky old garage. It's actually a really sweet garage, but they're sort of like, what are we doing here? And, you know, she's like, well, we had to practice in secret and Pat's like, absolutely right. And, you know, Courtney kind of you know, 
kind of continues the little bit of a tantrum that she threw earlier when she tells Pat, like, what kind of training you're going to give us? You're going to bore us with a lecture and details this and that. Like, you know, we should practice fighting. She even kind of goes a little bit further to say, like, look, I know what I'm doing. I've mastered the cosmic staff. She has not mastered the cosmic staff. You know, I've mastered the cosmic staff. These guys are new. Train them. Send me out on a mission because she is convinced. She is convinced that their principal is the new fiddler. Pat, of course, does not think that. Pat is like, no, the fiddler was this old white guy. You know, she's like, no, it's Principal Bowen. It's not who you think. So she's saying, train them. I will go out on a mission. I will prove to you that Principal Bowen is the new fiddler, but no, he's not having it. So his training session actually starts off with, you know, something that's pretty valuable. He's like, look, you guys are going up against the Injustice Society of America, you know, and look, while the JSA was great, you kids are great and you have their abilities and you have their gear. First of all, it took them years to master those powers and abilities. It took them years to work as a team. They became the greatest hero team ever known and still they were defeated by the ISA. So pretty much what he's saying here is, is like, look guys, you know, we gotta learn, you gotta learn who your enemies are. So he starts off with a lecture. Courtney's just like not having it. She's like, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. We know who they are. He has little training dummies kind of set up and you know, she unleashes her cosmic staff and takes everything out. And the rest of the team is like, thanks a lot. Thanks for saving one for us. You know, we're here to train as a team and you're busy showing off. So a little bit of a rift starts to form here. Courtney starts to feel a little bit alienated. What's really, really good at this point in the, in the episode is, is we kind of get, they kind of cut back and forth with Cindy sort of, sort of saying to her dad, I want in on the ISA. I want to help. I'm sick and tired of playing this high school kid and, and this and that. I want in. I want some action. Courtney pretty much saying the same thing to Pat. Train these guys. They have no idea what they're doing. I know what I'm doing. I should be out there on missions. You know, we're wasting time, this and that. And it's pretty good to kind of see the dynamic between Cindy and Courtney. And, you know, as the episode kind of goes on, it's really, really good because it really kind of sets up sort of a, you know, enemies that kind of become friends. They're really not as different as as they would think they actually have a lot of things in common because here's the thing is uh you know it's homecoming time so earlier in the episode uh barbara who again works for the american dream uh which is run by jordan who was icicle jordan pretty much says look you know we have to um we have to go to another town and kind of convince them not to shut down a factory basically you know what the american dream is doing here in blue valley we want to start to expand it out a bit I think this is a great project for you to do. What's pretty interesting here is that Barbara jumps all over it. Like, you know, first she says, well, I got to run it by my family, but clearly she wants to do it because it's almost sort of like, you know, nobody's paying attention to me at home, but, you know, my boss here is paying attention to me. Not for nothing, and this is not coming from her. This is really just an observation. You know, Jordan Icicle, he's, you know, her age. He's a pretty good looking guy. He's giving her attention. He's giving her praise. So what we get here is right before the big homecoming dance and everything, uh, Jordan Icicle's son, uh, Cameron, comes home. Now, we've seen Cameron kind of throughout these episodes. He's always kind of smiling at Courtney. He clearly has a crush on Courtney. And this is pretty much what he tells his dad. His, you know, there's this girl that I like, but, you know, I'm too nervous. I'm too shy. Jordan kind of tells him, I was the same with same way with your mom, but you know what? You, you got to do it. You really got to do it. It's the only way you're going to know. 
if you don't say anything, you'll never know if she likes you or not, you know. Even if you, you know, ask her out or you tell her how you feel and she says, no, at least you'll know. It's better than doing nothing. Uh, you know, I wonder if he would have the same reaction if he knew that his son uh, was pretty much in love with Stargirl. So, homecoming. The homecoming game is here. Uh, Barbara is off with Jordan. And the thing is, is right before they leave, um, when Jordan is telling his son Cameron all these things, you know, Cameron kind of says to him, you know, you know, mom would want you to be happy too. That's the thing is even when he asked Barbara to this, there did seem to be a little bit of tension there. And, and, and again, when Cameron kind of says it here, you know, mom would want you to be happy. He kind of has a look on his face. So Cameron likes Stargirl <laughs> and uh, Icicle. His dad seems to like, you know, Stripesy's wife. Uh, that could get pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, it's homecoming. So Barbara, again, is off with um, with the American Dream Foundation doing, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. And Pat takes Mike and Courtney to the game. You know, hey, let's have a nice, you know, uh, all-American sort of, uh, you know, homecoming experience here. And, you know, it kind of starts off, things seem to be pretty good. Mike is enjoying himself. But, you know, again, Pat and Courtney seem to be kind of doing their own thing here. Again, Courtney sees Principal Bowen. She wants to prove it. You know, Pat's telling her, leave her alone. Mike's like, what's going on? They're like, nothing. Pat goes off to get some snacks, and there's a little funny run in here where Sportmaster, who runs the local gym, um, you know, has been trying to get Pat into shape, and he sees him getting hot dogs and everything, and a little funny moment there. But, you know, it's some alone time with Mike and Courtney, and Mike is pretty much like, what are you doing? You know, why are you hogging my dad? Like, you know, you don't see me hogging up Barbara, your mom, because I don't have a mom anymore, you know? I dealt with the fact that I lost my mom. You have to deal with the fact that you lost your dad. You know, he is my dad. He is not your dad. And he kind of has a line here where he says, um, you have no idea what Pat and I have been through. That's pretty interesting. That's definitely going to come back later. Not in this episode, though. Um, so Mike pretty much storms off. So Courtney's all by herself. So, you know, she she's kind of upset about you know with what mike told her uh she's still convinced that principal bowen is is um the new fiddler and pat doesn't believe her and she's a little bit confused when cameron comes up and pretty much asks her to the dance and now initially courtney being courtney being you know the nice girl that she is is like well you know i promised cindy you know that uh, i would hang out with her but then she's like you know what she'll understand we could hang out another time because she's really excited apparently she really likes cameron and she would love to go to homecoming. So she's like, no problem. I'll tell Cindy we'll hang out another day. So Cindy is the ca uh, is the captain of the cheerleading squad. Now, early in the first episode, early in the first episode, <laughs> way back in the first episode, when Courtney gets to Blue Valley, Courtney was a member of her gymnastics team back, you know, at her high school in California. There's no gymnastics team here in Blue Valley. She's encouraged to go out for cheerleading, and she's just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so when she goes down there to talk to Cindy, Cindy, you know, is pretty much kind of uh, roasting her squad there about how pathetic they are. And pretty much tells Courtney, she's like, God, I need you on the, you know, on the squad here. And she's sort of like, you know, hey, look, you know, do you mind if we hang out another day? You know, Cameron just asked me to the dance. And Cindy is just like, okay, I'm getting burned once again. She's like, you know what? You want to do that? Fine. I kind of get it. You know, it's, it's, they did make plans and, 
Yeah, I know. Somebody had just asked her to the dance. And, you know, initially, Courtney kind of had the right reaction. Like, well, look, I already promised Cindy I would hang out with her. She's not going. But, you know, young love and all that. I, I kind of get it. But, you know, Cindy is just like, she's like, this is the last straw, you know. It's almost like, you know, the, the feeling I got, it's like she reached out like, you know, she's just very closed off, this very icy person. She's very, very angry. Um, like I said, it pretty much was hinted at that when her powers were given to her or manifested it, it she ended up accidentally killing her mother. Um, she just, you know, it's like she knows that she's very powerful. And she wants to do something about it. And when she finally reaches out to somebody and kind of makes a real connection, a real friendship, she feels very, very betrayed here. And she's just like, you know what? You know, that's it. She's like, no, forget it. They both storm off. And again, it's like we get that parallel like earlier when Courtney is confronting Pat and Cindy is confronting her dad. You know, hey, I want to join the team. I want to be active. We're now getting this parallel. They're both very upset, and they both kind of storm off in opposite directions. Um, Courtney sees Principal Bowen sneaking away, so she's like, well, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove that she's the new fiddler and that I'm a really good star girl. So she dons her her, her uh, star girl outfit. She takes out the cosmic staff, and she pretty much follows Principal Bowen. And again, Principal Bowen is the fiddler. She enters these tunnels in her office there. And, you know, it's this is like an ISA facility, you know, these these underground tunnels. So when Cindy gets upset and pretty much goes back and is like looking for her dad to again, like, hey, I want into the ISA. You know, I'm sick and tired of this whole high school thing. She can't find her dad. But she does see, you know, this mysterious star girl that they're talking about. She sees her on the security monitor sneaking around and she's like, she sees her dad's experimental suit. Um, she had seen it earlier. He warned her not to touch it. Well, daddy ain't around. So she puts on the suit. And yes, you know, Cindy becomes the villain, the ISA member, Shiv. Um, it pretty much, it looks like she wears like a battle suit. Again, she has the hidden blades. I don't know if she just carries around hidden blades or this is like actually part of her power. And pretty much like Courtney has the cosmic staff, she has a staff here. And when the two of them do eventually meet up and fight, it's like a dragon staff. It is breathing fire and it really seems to be just as powerful as the cosmic staff. And that's really what we get is, you know, Courtney wants to prove that she's a good star girl and that she was right about Principal Bowen. Cindy wants to prove that she can be in the ISA. She can be Shiv. And what's the best way to do it? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you who Star Girl is. I'm gonna take Star Girl down, and they do get into a fight. Now, here's the thing: it's really interesting. Is you know, Courtney wears a mask, so again, it's like, oh my God, who's Star Girl? Even though you know that big thick mane of like curly blonde hair is a dead giveaway, but whatever. Uh, Cindy doesn't. She does the. Uh, I didn't see a mask with a suit. She doesn't even seem to care. She doesn't even want to cover. Like she's like, yeah, I'm Cindy Berman. I'm a badass bitch pretty much is is what she's doing here so she confronts star girl they fight and uh it's a pretty good fight it's a pretty even fight but you know shiv has these hidden blades uh she appears to be genetically enhanced uh she's very strong she's very agile i mean she's really she's very well matched with star girl and again throughout this episode we see the parallels between courtney 
and Cindy, and now we're seeing the parallels between Stargirl and Shiv. So this is definitely going to set up something great going forward. And, and that's why I said that this episode is really a really good kind of turning point. Before this, you know, um, this episode here pretty much... It kind of multitasked. It told a lot of different stories. You know, we got the Courtney Cindy story. We got the trouble at home uh, in, you know, with uh, the Whitmore, the Whitmore Dugan family, uh, with Cindy and her dad, uh, with members of the ISA. You know, we have all these different stories going around. Uh, you know, the new JSA wanted to be trained. Uh, Courtney kind of throwing her little bit of a, a fit there. Cindy throwing her bit of a fit. So all these stories are kind of coming around. Before this, we got a lot of origins, you know, we got Stargirl's origin, we got, you know, Stripe, Stripesy's origin, and different members of the JSA got their origin. We started to meet members of the ISA. It's almost like all the players are in place now. Now, going forward, we're going to lead up pretty much to a big confrontation, a big climax, and this is really kind of the start of it. You know, this is the start of going up that hill towards that climax there. So that's why I said this is really, really a good episode. So pretty much, you know, uh, Shiv gets the upper hand in their fight. I mean, she pretty much stabs Courtney. I mean, you know, Courtney is really down and out. It's it's really, really bad. And it almost looks like she's going to go in to finish her off when, out of nowhere, Justin the janitor kind of shows up with his sword. Um, and this is no ordinary sword because when his sword connects with her blades, there's almost like an explosion of light. Cindy is knocked back and, you know... The mysterious janitor kind of disappears. Now, here's the thing. I'm not quite sure, because we see this happen at the end here, is, uh, you know, Pat is sort of like, where's Courtney? Uh, the cosmic staff goes and finds him and kind of leads him back. And as he's coming back, he's calling out, Courtney, Courtney. Cindy is right there. Did she hear it? Does she know? Is she going to put two and two together? It's really not quite clear. But like I said, this is part one of a two-part episode so next week next episode that'll definitely be cleared up but pretty much right before the episode ends there or really at the end of the episode we see justin the janitor kind of hiding off to the side with his sword and he sees pat come in and he recognizes him as stripesy so who is this mysterious janitor i have a very 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 strong feeling that he is a character from the Golden Age who wasn't really a member of the JSA, but helped out the JSA, uh, a character by the name of the Shining Knight. And he was actually a knight of the round table who, through time travel or magic, came into our time and our reality. And while he was not a full-fledged member of the JSA, he helped out the JSA. And that's who I think this character is. I believe he's Shining Knight. If you're a fan of the Justice League Unlimited um, animated series, uh, there was a knight there. Uh, he kind of looked like Dirk the Daring from um, the, uh, what was it, the Dragon Slayer video game? It was like that animated video game that was all the rage in the arcades in the 80s. He kind of looks like Dirk the Daring. Um, that That is Shining Knight. So... Watch some old Justice League Unlimited episodes. Look for, um, you know, look for an Arthurian Knight and that Shining Knight right there. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. Tell you remember.